0: We've been uh, in the series called What's Next um, and we looked at some, some prominent people uh, so far or some, some serious people. We looked at Benaiah um, who was uh, one of, of David's men who became Solomon's um, chief over all of the army. Um, you know, Beniah was that guy. He was the guy that would go into a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Uh, he, he was willing to say, you know what? I, I, I don't know how this is gonna turn out. But I'm going to go do it. Someone asked me the question, why? Like, why would he go in a pit with a lion on a snowy day? Like, I have no idea. But it's a cool story. Uh, we looked at uh, Nehemiah. So, Nehemiah was that guy whose who's heart broke for something that God's heart broke for, which was the nation of Israel. And Nehemiah said, You know what? I'm, I'm only one guy, but I'm going to be that guy and I'm going to go do it. And today, and um, what we're going to do is, we're going to look at two people uh, from, from the story. If you've been following along in 90 days through the Bible, you've read Esther, Job, and the first part of Psalms this week, about the first 30 chapters of Psalms. So we're going to look at, at Esther, who said, You know what? I'm, I'm going to be that girl. And we're going to look at Job, who, who God said, You know what? You're going to be that guy. I, I don't know that Job would have said, Hey, I'll, I'll go through, I'll do that. If you read the stories, they were were both pretty brutal um, at at one time. And what's happening kind of in the Bible, in the Old Testament now, when we read Nehemiah last week, we kind of, we've got very close to the end of Old Testament history that we have. Like it was pushing right up uh, to the end of the Old Testament. You say, well, we're only about halfway through. Right. Now, what's going to happen, and we see this with Esther and Job and Psalms, we're going to start working back a little bit. in in the scriptures and I'm just going to tell you that so it's not as confusing for you like in Nehemiah was written about 450 BC is when all this is happening they're coming out of captivity finally from Babylon they've been there for about 140 years Um, and uh, Esther was written about 480 or so so we're jumping backward about 30 years Job um, is some scholars believe that Job is probably the oldest book in the Bible like that it was probably authored and penned even before Genesis, Moses wrote Genesis. Um, there's not a, a whole lot of verification to that, but, but it's jumping way back. Um, and then Psalms, we're getting David writing a lot of things. So it's during his kingdom or his, um, uh, while he's leading up to be a king um, in the book of Psalms. So we're kind of going backward um, a little bit but we've been seeing these themes all throughout the Old Testament and all throughout the scripture that that if you're going to do something great for God, it's not going to be easy. That if you're gonna do something great for God, that it's going to stretch your faith, it's gonna stretch your uh, resources, it's gonna stretch your time, it's going to stretch everything you have and if it's not not so big that that God isn't involved, if it's not so big that it doesn't scare you to death, it's probably not from God. Like we've seen that all throughout the Old Testament so far. God never asked anyone to do anything easy. You know, we, we get to a point in our life or, or a point in we're working on something and we think, you know what, this isn't easy, it must not be from God. Or this isn't going the way that I planned it out or I scripted it out or, or the way that I wanted it to go, so, so God must not be in it. I think back to, to 10 years ago, like, this is a pretty significant weekend for for me, because um, 10 years ago, the second weekend of Log Cabin Village was the first time I ever stepped foot in Ken Mundy. Like, so it's been 10 years ago this weekend that, that I showed up here, and some of you were like, man, what a mistake, and <laughs> others of you are you're like, wow, that was, that was good. Um, but but during the process of that, I remember it was a Friday night, we were driving in um, to, to Um, go through the interview process and and meet a bunch of people and do. um, But we got a flat tire on the way here. And and I still made it on time because if if you know me, like I leave like 14 hours early to be anywhere in case something like that happens. But after I met everyone and we talked and we said there's some things started coming through my mind like, hmm, did God give me that flat tire to, to maybe like stop me from showing up there and and not being there? Or maybe, like, did the devil give me the flat tire um, because he was trying to stop me from being there and God wanted to do something great? Or did I just get a flat tire? And I came to the conclusion that that I probably drove off the edge of the road, highway a little bit, interstate a little bit, I hit something, and I got a flat tire. Because sometimes, you know what, life is just hard. Sometimes it's not about, God doing it to, to prevent us from, from being somewhere. Sometimes it's not about the devil interfering in, in life. Sometimes life is just hard. And, and things happen to us that, that we don't understand, that we can't figure out, and so we want to attribute something to God or we want to attribute something to Satan, when part of it is that we just live in a fallen world where life is hard. And, and we see that in, in the book of Esther. Like when we meet Esther, both of her parents have died. And she's young at this point. Like during the uh, siege of Jerusalem, during the exile, when they're moving people out to, to, to Babylon and surrounding countries, both of her parents die somehow. And, and we read about that in Esther chapter 2, verse 7. It said, Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah. Whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman who was also known as Esther. Like why do you have to put the other name in there? I don't know. But she had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her in as his own daughter when her father and mother had died. Life was hard for Esther. She was now living in a foreign place. Being raised by her uncle. And both of her parents were gone. Job, if you know the story of Job, Job had a pretty difficult life. Like Job was was very blessed. He was was very wealthy. He had a great family. He was living the way that God wanted him to live. In fact, uh, when when we meet Job, God says this about Job, that he was blameless and upright. Now those aren't words that I'd use about me. Like, but God, God used him about Job and, and listen to, to, to a day in the life of Job in Job 1, 13 through 18 one day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house a messenger came to Job and said the oxen were plowing and the donkeys, donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabians attacked and made off with them they put the servants to the sword and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. They're trying to attribute something to God there. Um, While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servant to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house it collapsed on them and they are dead and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you a day in the life of Job lost everything some of it is attributed to God some of it was attributed to Satan if you, if you know the story, if you read the story Satan was, was traveling back and forth on the earth and, and God approached him and said hey have you, have you thought about my servant Job and God began to give Satan permission to destroy Job's life you know my desire is to follow Jesus I want to be as close to him as I can But God, I don't ever want you to do that to me. (laughs) You know, like, like, I want to be blameless and upright, but maybe not that blameless and upright. Because life was hard. But notice in there that Satan was not allowed to touch Job until God gave him permission. Until God allowed it. And sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our mind around. Is why would would God do that? And we find out at the end of Job, really, what, what's going to happen. As Job remains faithful, we'll talk some about through that through there. Job is, is, is sometimes hurt, he's confused, he's angry, he's mad at God at some point. And some people say, well, like, we look at Job as this, this great person of faith and that, that he didn't have any questions. And that's because you quit at chapter 2. If you read chapter 3 through 37 of the book of Job, Job has all kinds of questions for God. But he realized that life is hard. And in chapter 42 of Job, it says that God blessed the latter part of Job's life greater than the first. Now, I want that. <laughs> you know, I, I want the blessings. But I'm not sure I want to endure life being hard sometimes. And I just want to give up. You know, Job, Esther, I think they, they both probably experienced some, some very similar types of pain like, I, I, there had to be emotional pain, you know, for for Esther growing up and both of her parents being gone. Like that had to cause some some serious emotional pain in her life. You know, I watch um, Jennifer uh, go through every Father's Day, every Mother's Day, with with both of her parents dying when she was relatively young. Struggle with that emotional pain that hangs on. Um. I remember times in my life just of of emotional pain and even battling depression. People say, "Well, you're you're a Christian. You shouldn't battle with emotional pain. You shouldn't battle with depression or or anxiety." Did you read about Moses or Elijah or or any of those folks in, in the Old Testament? They battled with emotional pain. Over the the last eight months, I've read of two young ministers in their 30s with young kids and families. Uh, who were serving God leading churches they were doing well ended up taking their own lives because of the emotional pain that they were dealing with like emotional pain is, is real I mean, life is, is is hard and I'm not going to say stand here and say hey you just need to get over it because oh, didn't happen like Job like look at Job you just need to get over your pain no it's real They both experienced, I think, uh, relational pain. You now Job lost everything that was dear to him, including his children. 10, ten kids. We say Job had a, a good family. and the Bible says that, that Job when his kids, they would go party on the weekends or throw parties in their houses, that, that when they were done, Job would offer sacrifices for them just in case they sinned. He had a good family. They were, they were close. And Job and his wife were close. They had 10 kids. Like something was going right. <laughs> like, and he lost it all. Like there was some relational pain there. Esther, uh, again, her, her parents, gone. Like there's that, that relational pain um, that, that's in there. Uh, financial pain. Like Esther's family had been removed from, from the city where they have. They're in exile, really becoming slaves now to, to another country. Job, again, lost every material possession that he had. Physical pain? We don't read a lot about Esther and and physical pain, but we read um, a lot about Job's physical pain. Because after everything was taken away from him, his family, his uh, possessions, Satan then was allowed to, to put disease on him. And, he, and, and i don't know what disease he had i, I think he had every disease known to man like, because he was unrecognizable even to his friends and the pain that he was in at some point like he just wanted to die because of the pain that he was in physical pain causes us to 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 think strange thoughts to to do strange things and it's real and then spiritual pain like what what in the world must have esther been thinking about god God, how did you take my parents? God, why did we end up here uh, so far away? God, why are you doing this to, to, to me? Job, we know because of chapters three through 37 that he had some spiritual pain in his life. and he's thinking, God, you, you don't even know what you're doing. And here's the thing, every one of us have probably experienced every one of those types of pain in our life. And they're real. And it hurts. You know, I, I, so I've worked now or been a part of uh, four churches I've worked in three um, and, and I grew up in one um, and I'll tell you like spiritual pain all four of those churches have hurt me even this one because life's hard and it's not because they're bad people it's not because they intended to hurt me it's not because something something stupid has happened. Like It's just because we're people and life is hard. And people say, well, I'm not going to go to church. I've been hurt by the church. Yes, because we're people and life is hard. But you know what we learn through it? You know what I've learned through it? through emotional pain, financial pain, relational pain, physical pain, emotional pain, I've learned that God's still God. And no, no matter what I've endured, no matter what I, uh, Esther endured or, or Job endured, you know what, God's still God. He, he is he's on the throne no matter what. And we, we can either let our circumstances uh, define our theology or determine our theology or we can allow our theology to determine our circumstances. So often we, we, we let our circumstances define or determine what we believe uh, about a God who, who, is, who is on the throne. And well because this happened to me, like God can't be who he says he is or because this happened to me, this was here in my life, and and, and this happened, then then God can't be who he said he is. And we let our circumstances in a hard life, uh, and life is being difficult, in a fallen world, we let the circumstances that surround us define and determine what we think and how we respond to God who's on the throne. We've gotta make the decision before the decision. We've gotta decide that, hey, you know what? No matter what happens, God is still God. And God is still good. I love that about Job. Job had all kinds of issues. He did. Um, but I love what, what Job says in Job 19.25. Remember, he's lost everything. He is physically miserable at this point. His wife has told him to curse God and die. His friends have said, Job, this is all your fault. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Like I know, it. like I made up my mind. Before all of this bad stuff happened, before life got hard, before I didn't get my way and I didn't get what I wanted, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, he will stand on the earth and after my skin has been destroyed, and it was, said, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me because God is God and my situation, my circumstances don't determine my belief or my view of God is, who God is. Like our emotion, see we live in a world, we, we, we wanna run in a world where our emotion, it tries to sustain our devotion. Like we get, we get emotional about something and we think, man, we, we've got to push through this. We've got to do this. And then, then, but here's what we've learned, that emotion can never sustain devotion. Emotion goes away. Emotion disappears. It will never sustain our devotion. So a lot of people, they'll make an emotional decision for Christ, that I'm going to follow Jesus in that moment. And then life falls apart, because life's hard. That's well, must not have been for me. It's not where I want to be. Like, we're going to have our ups and downs. You know, I talked to, to couples who are married, and they're like, I just don't love them anymore. Well, that's because emotion cannot sustain devotion. Like, you've got to make a commitment, a covenant on wedding day that says, you know what? That no matter what happens, this is where I am. It's not based on my emotions. We do that, we get mad about something. And I do that, I'm bad at it. Get mad about something, I think it's the end of the world and, and I'll yell at Jennifer about something. And then you know what, in my anger that lasted 10 minutes, I've created this much distance and I'm no longer angry. Because he was like, we cannot live our life based on emotion. Like, are they real? They're real. But we've got to understand that they can't sustain us It can't move us, it can't propel us from point A to point B. Like Esther and Job both understood this in the scripture. Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives and that was before Jesus. I just want to tell you something, 2,000 years ago Jesus walked out of the tomb and as long as the tomb is empty, you and I, if you're in Christ, Like we can have hope no matter what happens in our life because our hope is not based on our circumstances. Our hope is based on the fact that God is God and God is good and the tomb is still empty no matter what I'm going through right now. That I have victory because of what Christ did for me. And because of that, listen, because of that, don't give up. Don't stop. And it sounds kind of simple, doesn't it? Like if you want to be blessed, if you want to, 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 to endure a life that, that's, that's hard, if you want to um, allow your, uh, you want to put, your, put aside your emotion, like listen, just don't give up. And if you're a parent, you get this. Like raising kids can be the most rewarding and the most frustrating thing in your life. Have you ever noticed that there are things that your, your kids, that they do that they absolutely drives you crazy? Like they drive you nuts. But there's also things about your kids that, that, that drive you crazy because it reminds you of you. You see yourself in those, in those same things. But one of the most frustrating things for me as a parent is to, to see my kids wanna give up. See my kids wanna, wanna quit. When it's something I know they can do. I know you can do that math problem. Don't give up. I know you can get that project done. You can overcome that situation. Parents, let me ask you a question. Doesn't it break your heart when your kids quit at something that you know that they're capable of doing? If that's how we feel about our children, how does our Heavenly Father feel about us when we give up? He's like, don't do it. You're like, yeah, I'm frustrated. Yes, you're frustrated. Things didn't turn out the way that you thought they were gonna turn out. Well, I'm mad. Yes, you're mad. and You're mad because you're in chapter two of Job right now and not in chapter 42. You're mad because you're Esther and your parents are gone right now. And now, hey, you're in a kingdom. Like if you know the story of Esther, great story. Like it starts off with with Xerxes the king and Vashti. And they're both throwing this huge party. Um, Xerxes is throwing it for his men and Vashti was the queen and she's throwing it over here. Xerxes and his men get all drunk. And he tells Vashti the queen, and this, is, this is a great lesson. He tells Vashti the queen, put on your crown and, and come, come show my men how beautiful you are. And when he said that, he meant like only your crown. I come in here and, and pray around naked in front of all my friends. But I love what Vashti said. She said, no. I'm not going to. I said, and I never, that never even hit, my, hit me until, until this week when I was reading Esther thinking about it. But she said, no, she gave up the kingdom. She could have been put to death, but she said, you know what? There ain't no man gonna take advantage of me like that. And Vashti doesn't get a lot of credit in the scripture. I don't even, like she gets kicked out of the kingdom. I'm not sure what, what her life looks like after that. But listen, ladies, Don't you ever let a man determine who you are or your worth because of your physical appearance or your body. You tell them no right now. And it may cost you the kingdom, it may cost you a relationship, it may cost you a lot of things, but listen, but God's still God and God's gonna bless that. So she gets kicked out of the kingdom, Vashti does, and there's a a two year long beauty pageant that happens and Esther wins so she gets to be the queen now. Great place, right? Look what he just did to, to Vashti. She's in there and life is going fairly well for her because she's in the kingdom. But Uncle Mordecai says, you know what? They're making this plot to kill all of the Jews. And she had to be thinking, I don't want any part of that. Mordecai says, you know, you're the only one that can do anything about this, Esther. You're you're the only one that can put a stop to it. And she tries to say, well, no, I can't. If I do that, he he, he could kill me for approaching him in that way. But I love the the final call of Esther. And then Esther chapter 4. It says, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, then relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Saying, don't give up. Come on up. Don't quit now. Don't stop, maybe, maybe your parents dying, like that, that, was, that was bad, that's horrible. It's a pain like you should never experience. Maybe being in exile and being in Babylon, that wasn't good, you were, you were a slave. But God's taken all of those things, Mordecai is saying, and maybe he's put you in this place where you are right now through all the heartache, through all the hurt, the emotional pain, the physical pain, the financial pain, all of that. Maybe God's put you there for a time as this to bring deliverance of his people. Maybe he's put you there. Maybe your life's journey has been what it is because right now you can have the greatest impact that you could ever have in your life. And I would say the same to you. Say, well, Josh, my life's been hard. Yeah. I believe you. And I'm not discrediting it. I'm not discounting it. I'm saying maybe God's put you here today for a time as this. Because right now, you can have the greatest influence and impact that you've ever had in your life. Right now, you can use the journey that you've been on for deliverance and freedom for other people. I love what Mordecai said, that relief and deliverance is going to happen from another place, even if you choose not to. But don't give up. I don't know what stage of, of journey or Of of this that you're on today. Maybe you are in Job chapter two, and your life is falling apart, and and you don't know what to do. So we would love to help you take next steps. Maybe you're at, at a position where you're confused and you're wondering if God is God or if God is good. And you have questions we'd love to answer some of those questions for you or maybe you're at that point where you think man I'm ready to give up say so don't give up because God's put you where you're at for a purpose and maybe today is, is the day that your next step needs to be you know what I'm going to use where I've been I'm going to use what's happened to me the experience that I have for deliverance and freedom for other people. I don't know what decision you need to make this morning. I don't know if God's speaking to you today. I'm going to invite you to stand. And I'm going to pray. And as Kyle and will lead us in this last song, Surrender. That's the key. Is surrendering your emotions your circumstances, all of us, and surrendering them to God and not giving up. Father God, today we're thankful for, for, for who you are. God, and we know from experience, we know that life is hard. Every one of us in here have experienced that on a very personal level. Father, every one of us at times have wanted to to give up, to walk away. Maybe it's from a job, maybe it's from a marriage, maybe it's from the church and from you. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us. That we would have confidence like Job, like that I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that that tomb is empty. Father, I pray today that we'd have the strength to not give up and to surrender everything that we are and everything that we have to a God that is God and to, to you who are good. It's in the name of Jesus who died for us, I pray. Amen.